a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today I'm joined again by a lady from Illinois in the United States of America, a lady by the name of Ellie Eichenlaub. Ellie has been with us previously and she talks about the world from a young person's perspective. So what we thought today, listeners, would it be quite fun if um, if Ellie looked at the world again, but from a, a slightly stronger perspective? In other words, if I ruled the world, Ellie, a very warm welcome to you. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. So, if I ruled the world, listeners, um, I don't know if you're aware, but there was a, a gentleman, a Welsh gentleman, Sir Harry Seacombe from uh, from the United Kingdom, as I say, Wales. Was it the 60s or the 70s? And he actually had a record by the same uh, by the same title. If I ruled the world. Every man would have a new song to sing. So, Ellie, in your world, would every man have a new, or woman for that matter, let's not, um, you know, let's not be divisive here. Would everybody have a new song to sing if you ruled the world? <laughs> That's a fun question. Um, I'd like to think if I ruled the world, you know, um, I guess that uh, maybe... If we're talking about like a new song as in, I, I always took that lyric kind of like a new sense of uh, hope or excitement. And I'd like to think that people would have the same. And uh, I think that would be because one of the things that I would do is, uh, is uh, really open like communication between leaders and the people that they're representing. Okay, so when you say leaders, Ellie, do you mean local leaders? Do you mean world leaders? Do you mean who do you mean, or is is that just across the globe? Uh, I really do think I mean all, because um, I've been talking to some uh, people who have been working with uh, organizations and lobbying, and this overwhelming sentiment I've gotten from them has been everyone who's working in the government, and it can feel so like and accessible uh they're all just people like you and me and even though some of them may be corrupt and everything most of them are there just trying to, especially locally just trying to do their jobs and doing their best and there's this like whole sense i know especially where i am of like pervading mistrust of the people who are leading us the people we elect like both locally uh statewide and nationally and I think um, if our leaders, like, I guess, open up more, make what they're doing more accessible, people can really see that, I guess, we're all trying to work for the common good. 
Yeah. Um, so is it just, I mean, is your, would your big focal area then be primarily around politicians first? Is that the, you know, from a strategy point of view, Ellie, what, what is the one area that you would target first? Would it be to get these leaders, not just politicians, but leaders, whatever hat they're wearing, to agree some kind of common common way forward, you know, some focus point where everybody sings off the, the same hymn sheet, so to speak? Oh, there are definitely some common points. Like, I think that would be ideal. And right now, I think this isn't any surprise, but uh, the environment would probably be a huge focal point because, you know, everything scientists and experts have been saying that have been stressing me out uh, – and I'm sure most of us, is that, you know, climate change is happening, global warming is happening, and it takes direct action now to even begin to stop it. And so I feel there's a certain urgency there that I'd, I'd hope people would tackle first. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reinforce that point, listeners, Ellie is absolutely 100% on the money. You know, you follow the any of the major eminent scientists scientists in the world, and they are not only just propounding that we're at the eleventh hour. We've gone metaphorically past midnight. You know, there is no time to mess about. This is not a nice. Oh, you know, if we can just tweak one or two things, we might be all right. We've gone way, 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 way beyond that. You know, this is desperate stuff now. Really desperate stuff. And it just amazes me, Ellie, that people in power, they just, I just scratch my head and think, where are you? Where are you in this, in this world? You know, is, is money, is money so important that, because if we don't nurture this beautiful Mother Earth that we've got, you know, if we look at her as the matriarch of the planet, there'll be no mother to rear us, there'll be no planet. So you can have all the money you want in the world and all the wealth and all the power. And, but what's it? Why? What, what, what's, what's the point? Because there'll be no planet left to share it or do anything with. And um, so I really, really like what you've said there, Ellie. I mean, is that your personal view? Oh, clearly it is, you know, to a very passionate degree. I know that from having had, you know, a couple of private conversations with you. Does that view, Ellie, reflect the viewpoint of inverted commas, young people generally, do you feel? Uh, I'd like to think so. I think, uh, you know, we see some members of conservative parties saying eh, global warming isn't real, it's a hoax, whatever. But I think even among more conservative, younger people, we all think, yeah, it's real. Some people may think, well, it's natural and there's nothing we can do about it. But I think on the whole, young people definitely believe in climate change. And I think how you're saying that there's frustration, like, why are you just tweeting about this? Why aren't you actually doing anything? And I feel it especially, I think, specifically as a younger person, because so many leaders are so much older than we are. And it's like, to be frank, you'll die before this is an issue. This is an issue that will affect us for the rest of our lives. Like, it's directly going to impact our futures and not necessarily the people in charge. And you get the sense... Do you just, like, not care because it's not going to be your problem? It's going to be ours. But, like, the issue is the problem can only be solved now. I hear you. I hear you loud and clearly. It it beggars belief, doesn't it? You know, uh, no apologies, listeners, for repeating this again. But I scratch my, I more than scratch my head. No wonder I've got no hair. 
about these people in, in influential power that can make these these monumental decisions at the top to change the world. And they seem, you know, they seem to tinker with it. They tinker with it. And maybe I'm, I'm being a trifle cynical when I say, what for? For money? For profit? Is that what it's all about? You know, maybe I need to d- dig a bit deeper, listeners, but there's one thing for sure. We've been in this predicament for a long time and it's exponentially getting worse. So the environment and the leadership, Ellie, I mean, are these, is that your kind of big area? You know, there you are, you're sitting there supremely in power over the world. You know, Ellie's world word is it. Whatever she says goes. Where would you even start with that? I have no idea, quite honestly. Like I'm pointing out points that I think should be focused on a change. But, you know, the question is so large scale and especially you get this, you get the sense where anything you say goes at the same time, I think again, and I might be repeating myself that it does take people having faith and like believing and wanting to do what you say still like there has to be, I think something. And I don't think I'm smart enough to come up with this or, I don't know who would be or who would hit like that special spot, something that'll get people genuinely invested and caring into whatever your vision is. And not just like a couple people, but you know, a majority of people. Yeah. What we're talking about here, if I'm hearing you correctly, is, is creating a movement, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, just to pick up on your point there, Ellie, about, you know, you wouldn't be able to do it on your own. No, nobody, nobody does or nobody could. But that's the whole idea, isn't it, about building a team around a like minded, committed team, a passionate team around you that are and you're all following the same vision. You are all following the same goals. You know, you're on that path together. Strength, unity. That's that's really what it's all about. And if I could just share with you, Ellie, something that one of my mentors said to me probably two years ago around, you know, a twinkling in my eye. I had at the time around forming a, a world movement. And he said, how many young people have you got involved, Paul? Well, that was a very easy answer to give him because the answer was zero. And he said, with all your passion, drive, commitment, experience, You won't even get it off the ground. He said, when you look at monumental, powerful movements, invariably they're started by some young person with an app in the bedroom. He said that don't underestimate the power of young people, their visions, their energy, their innovation, this whole kind of... We don't care what the status quo is. We don't care what you've done for all these decades and hundreds of years because look what a mess it's created. Now it's time for new breath and we are the people to take it forward. Does that does that sound... Can you resonate with that, Ellie? Does that sound right or...? I mean, in my best days, I definitely do agree with that. When you were reading that, I got a little chill. Um I think what's really interesting, I think, about young people right now, and we touched on this a little before, with the worldwide news we get and how quickly we can get news, like, I think 
my generation specifically, and even ones a little older than me, we've never had a chance to be like disillusioned because we've been disillusioned from the beginning. And like, why wouldn't you be when you can hear every awful thing that's happening from the time you're like four? And so I think a unique challenge specifically right now with young people is how do you cope with that constant influx? And there's really two ways. One, you feel super passionate about everything and you wear yourself thin trying to do what you can for this and this and this and this and this. Or, and I think this is another common trait of young people, like the two, I suppose two sides of the same coin, when there's a lot of passion, there's an equal chance, I think, that it just is too much and you just become apathetic and you're like cynical and well, whatever happens, happens. Like, what can we do? Yeah, and that's where that that word again, that movement's necessary, isn't it? That unity, that strength in numbers, because I suppose it's a bit like running a relay. You know, when one of the eminent leaders gets tired, he or she passes the baton to the, you know, to another one. Because no one person, not just in this context we're talking about, Ellie, but in life in general, you know, there are a lot of driven people. But, you know, I think we have to be careful about, you know, that integration, that balance of not burning ourselves out. You know, I've certainly done it in my in uh, in my younger days to the point I had a breakdown. I was so driven. I was so fierce in everything I did. But, you know, as a human being, we're not machines. And even if we was a machine, machines actually break down as well. So, yeah, it's that strength in numbers, isn't it? I keep coming back to that word movement. And that's what it is by getting people to buy in. What is it? What's the vision? You know, what's the words? I mean, boy, are the words so critical how we put that message out there? Because if we put the wrong message out there, people are not going to follow. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that concept. Hmm. So in terms of an iconic young person's figure within the world, Ellie, who might, is, is there one? Is there somebody that you could hold up as a pinnacle and say, he or she, that's who we believe in. That's, that's who we would like to see as our world leader because he or she have got the right values, have got a very strong vision and they, they embrace this, this whole concept of, and I keep using this word unity, we're in this together. Does anybody fit that bill that comes to mind? Uh, there are quite a few, and I think one of the ones that immediately popped into my mind, and I'll say, I guess, a disclaimer for young people everywhere, I am, I might not be speaking for all young people at the moment, obviously, especially with this, because I, I think I am uh, more, I suppose, like, less liberal-leaning, and some people might not feel the same, but uh, one of the examples is, like, Greta Thunberg. I find what she's been doing amazing. Okay. She's a, you know, that Swedish environmentalist activist. And there's, I can't think of specific names, but the students uh, in America who organized March for Our Lives after the Parkland shooting. I think I'm seeing a lot, I suppose, if I can't rattle off names of young people who are starting to step up and lead their own movements, especially in terms of 
the environment and uh, specifically in America, gun control. And I think that really says something because I don't think at the moment I could rattle off from the 60s or 70s any kids under the age of 18 who are who were leading movements and speaking to the UN at their age. I think that's kind of unique, I think, right now. So in terms of young people hearing their voice on you know, not necessarily just wanting to be heard. This is what we're talking about here, Ellie, I think goes way beyond. This is not some nicety, some cosy little conversation on a Sunday afternoon over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. You know, world peace, the survival of the planets, and I've said it and I'll say it again, gone beyond the 11th hour here. So it's drastic action that's needed. It's powerful words. It's strong leadership. Now, one would, there's a, I suppose there's a little bit of a paradox here because one would say on the one hand, the more senior generation collectively over the years, decades, centuries have led us into this predicament. So the paradox on that really for me, Ellie, is can the young people go solo on this or do they need that wisdom, that experience? Is it really a combination of you know, to generally term it and and diversify the terminology, younger and older? Or is it either or? I think the only way, honestly, only way out of any of the situations we've been in is a combination. And I think it's really easy to be like, to generalize and be like, oh, okay, boomer, all older people suck. Or the older people being like, oh, millennials have no idea what's going on. They're idiots. And I think this kind of divide is, and especially the constant publicization of this divide by news companies and media. Like, I can't help sometimes wonder, like, is that purposeful? Because I think if we were all united and all stop squabbling over, you know, oh, younger generations don't know how to work a CD player and older generations, you know, like one table manners, or I'm generalizing a lot here. But I think if we did stop squabbling over that, the power and again, I guess movement you could get from if older people, I think, were more able to listen and be open to the younger generation's ideas. And in turn, us younger people would have to be more open, I suppose, to the older generation's methods. Yeah, absolutely. It is that integration, isn't it? Because you know, that energy, that vibrancy, that innovation, that freshness that we've, you know, that I've alluded to with young people, that still needs channeling, that still needs, you know, pointing in the right direction. Um, Otherwise, it could just be, like you say, wasted energy. And, um, you know, I think any, any movement, we're back to that word yet again, Ellie, any movement is I often use the terminology in a football team, you know, you're never going to win games if you've got 11 goalkeepers. You need that diversity, you know, different thoughts, very challenging thoughts. You know, you've you've mentioned your sort of where you sit politically, you know, centre to left. And 
maybe within this movement, there needs to be some that's kind of slightly centre to right to not to balance it because it's not bal- it's not about balance in my humble opinion. It's about integration. What's your thoughts, Ellie, between that? Oh, is it I- about balance or is it about integration? What? Where do you sit on this? I have to say, I agree with most of your sentiment there where we should be integrating multiple ideas. But to a point, I think there also should be some balance. Obviously not balance in the sense where one person is saying, you know, I think all women everywhere should vote. And one person is saying, no, no women should vote. Like that balance is, it's almost canceling each other out. That's not going to accomplish anything. But I do think there probably should be some sort of, maybe it is really just integration, but some sort of balance between, I think from what I've observed, at least in my own country and community, uh, you know, more center to left people can sometimes run away with their ideology and their goals and their plans and their wants for uh, the people of this country and the world while more centered to right people may be a bit more grounded with what's actually possible, what you can actually accomplish, like, uh, you know. Mm, that's, that's a very, I, lo- I love what you said there, actually. That's a very interesting insight about them being, um, I don't know if I'd actually use the terminology grounded, but I certainly agree with your sentiment. Uh, you know, yet again, whether, you know, whether it's integration, whether it's balance, whether it's both, you know, yet again, we're back to that movement of we need, we don't want 11 goalkeepers because we'll never win any game with that, uh, with that kind of uh, construct. So... Changing leadership. Is there anything else, Ellie, that you feel really strongly passionate about? I mean, do you ever think, I mean, obviously you're a young lady now, you know, do you think about the future when you've got, you know, I don't know whether that's 10 years, 20 years, I don't know, um, you know, when you've got your kids and and what the world's going to be looking like that, uh, you know, for those, for your children, do you think about those things and does that inspire you or drive you in any way? Sometimes I do think about the future and I think what's exciting for me right now at this point is, and it's equally, I think, scary is I really don't know what's coming up. Mm. Uh, And I think especially where we are at the world right now, like, and especially I think I felt this this past year, I genuinely have no clue what's going to come next. We have this running joke with like young people when something absolutely insane breaks the news I think one of the most recent things we talked about over the summer was like the murder hornets, that story. And then the uh, Pentagon in my country confirming the existence of UFOs when they've been saying for years that uh, it was nothing. And we're just like, okay, great. What's 2020 going to bring next? Like another year of clown stalking people. Like we've always been, it's kind of like tongue in cheek there where we're always a surprise, but not, too surprised because like really who knows what the way the world has been going it seems to us but um I got off onto a tangent there circling back around I guess some final visions for the future one of the things I've been thinking a lot about I think is there's going to have to be some sort of shift with wealth uh and I'm not saying brand new systems but 
I've been seeing all these statistics lately about the very, very top 1% compared to everyone else. And there's this fact that I'll share now, it's been on my mind for like three days. And it's kind of also wrapping it up with the environment too, is the UN predicted 300, it would take $300 billion to stop climate change right now. And somebody posted, if they taxed Jeff Bezos, who is almost a trillionaire at this point, right? Uh, at 50% of his wealth for two and a half years, we could end climate change and he would still be able to buy 187 like thousand boats. Wow. And it's those kind of massive numbers where I'm like, there needs to be some sort of change. So, because we have enough money and we have enough property and we have enough land and we have enough food worldwide that nobody should be going without those things at this point. And mm. so I do think at some point there will have to be a shift or it's just going to lead to like the equivalent of 12 people sitting on piles of money while everyone else is like a dollar. Yeah. Mm. That's definitely a powerful one and definitely food for thought. I mean, you know, obviously listeners with the title, if I ruled the world, a young person's perspective, you know, with, on the one hand, you can say, well, Ella's a young lady in the state. She's only one. Hmm. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. That, I mean, okay, that's true to a certain degree. But if we all took that dismissive attitude and just accepted the status quo, nothing would ever change, would it? Nothing would ever change. And that's where I think this contrast from the from the older generation, dare I say people like myself, to come in and say, actually, let's really take on the world now. Let's really take it on. Let's call people out. They're at the very top where there is this, you know, these strong, strong allegations of corruption. Let's, you know, let's welcome a new culture. Let's instigate, not welcome it. Let's force it. You know, I'm using strong masculine language now, listeners. But like I've said, and no apologies for repeating this, that we've gone beyond the nice stage. Wouldn't it be nice if the climate change thing settled down? Wouldn't that be great? We're way past that way past that. So, okay, Ellie, we could talk forever about this. I mean, yes, we've we've sort of focused in on the the environment, but I mean, is there anything else? I mean, what would what would be your one parting message to the world now? What do you want to say? You know, here you are. You imagine that on this podcast our listeners go into the multi multi trillions and they're going to be listening with bated breath to Ellie Eichenlaub, and, you know, they're going to be gripped and hanging on to her every word. What would be your message, Ellie? What would be your message? Well, I think this will kind of sound like something out of a children's storybook or, you know, a movie, but just, I think, listen to others and be kind. I think overwhelmingly we've seen a lack of kindness from the people who are representing, leading us, the powerful people in the world. And I think that lack of kindness has even trickled down to the, uh, I guess, regular people, the masses, that's resulted in this overwhelming cynicism and overwhelmingness. And just, just, I guess, try to remember we're all people and we all want the same things at the end of the day, to be happy and to have a home and to 
live on this earth for a while. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. What came through my mind there, Ellie, with uh, when you when you were speaking there was this this change within because everything that we've spoke about in this in this particular conversation for me has been fear driven. Not from our perspective, to maybe maybe it has been from our perspective as well. But I was t- I was thinking more globally. When you look at the state of the world, there is an immense an immense amount of fear out there. Culturally, this world lives off fear. That's not strictly true, listeners, is it? That's not strictly. In fact, it's not true. It's not true at all because there's a, a great antidote to that, and it's called love. For me, if I could be allowed, Ellie, to enter in and answer my own question, it starts with that self-love, that self-forgiveness, that self-acknowledgement of the part we can play. Time to look in the mirror world individually and collective and have a look at who we are and you know that we have a saying in in the uk ellie um i'm all right jack i don't know if you you guys have it in the states i'm all right jack in other words i don't really care about you you know my kids are being fed my car's got petrol in i've got food on the table so i'm okay what the rest of the world's doing is not my problem well you know what that part is over so it's time to look in the mirror, I think, for each and every one of us, whether we're young, old, black, white, rich, poor, gay, straight, not interested in any of those labels at all. Time to look in the mirror and embrace that self-love and that self-forgiveness and recognize who we are. And I think then we become pebbles in the pond, Ellie, and we drop in and that ripple effect, I believe, in my humble opinion, will go on to change the world. So I'd like to bring it to a close there. Thank you so much, Ellie, again, for your refreshing views. It really is an absolute pleasure to speak to young people generally and certainly you specifically. So thank you for that. Thank you. It has been a wonderful conversation. And all that remains, listeners, now is to sign off um, on that, um, that emotional note, I suppose, and say, look, Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have. He'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www paul-low.com Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts.